0: morning. It looks like winter actually found us. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, anyway, I'd like to start off with we have the connection card you will find in the uh, chair in front of you. We ask you to fill it in and um, tell us about your praises and any prayers that you may have. Also, if you are interested in being com- becoming a member or joining a small group, please put your email or phone on that so we can uh, connect up with you. Basketball started yesterday. It was fabulous. Those kids were having such a great time, and they were so much fun. All this energy, and we had none, especially when we went home, but it was a really good time. Um, It will be every Saturday in the gym from now until March 9th, except for February 10th. We'll take a break in there. And if you would like to be a volunteer to greet or work at the concession stand, or provide lunch for the workers that need all the energy they can get, I have a sign-up sheet and the milk back there. Today is Second Sunday. Pastor Mark said, told something about it last uh, week that we were gonna start a capital improvement campaign in the anticipation of larger projects, you know, roof and uh, things like that. So we're gonna kinda get up a, um, a fund for that. So if you are interested in donating, THERE'S A BOX BACK IN THE, the CUBBY THERE THAT SAYS um, cap- or CAPITAL IMPROVEMENT CAMPAIGN. Uh, PLEASE DON'T REDO WHAT YOU USUALLY DO ON YOUR GIVING. THIS IS LIKE AN EXTRA DONATION um, IF YOU'RE INTERESTED IN PARTICIPATING IN THAT. Um, WHILE YOU'RE OUT in the, lib- IN THE LOBBY OUT THERE, WE'VE GOT A BIG CALENDAR ON THE WALL THAT HAS ALL THE EVENTS FROM uh, THINGS THAT ARE GOING ON THROUGHOUT THE uh, MONTH. AND SO IF YOU WANT TO CHECK THAT OUT, uh, AND YOU ARE WELCOME TO JOIN ANY OF THOSE. WE HAVE SMALL GROUPS, WE HAVE A PRAYER TEAM ON uh, THURSDAY MORNINGS, OPEN TO EVERYBODY AT 9 O'CLOCK. SO uh, HOPE THAT WE CAN SEE YOU THERE. Um, NEXT SUNDAY we'll, WE'LL BE STARTING A DIAPER COLLECTION FOR CHOICES. There's a little playpen out there, and we'll have a little more information about it. But Choices is a local ministry, and they do a lot of things. And the focus of a lot of their ministries is to do with pregnancies and helping people through some of the um, challenges. Um, Also next Sunday, January 21st, will be the budget vote. And then we're going to have a potluck dinner afterwards. The budget it, um, is up in the lobby in the cubby, it's a little, little crowded up there, but it's okay. So you'll be able to vote then. Uh, and because of the storm, it was a very hard decision, but I think we are going to cancel the senior lunch tomorrow. It's going to be, you don't know what it's going to be. And I just hate to have anybody expecting to come and not being able to participate. So we'll just wait and we'll do the same thing. Um, we'll just do it, wait for February 12th for the next one. I uh, just have a little thing to close with here. It was in one of my devotionals. It's still the beginning of the year. Everybody's like talking about resolutions. I talk about them. I don't do them. But anyway, I figured something like this is something we could do every day. Father, help me to be understanding to approach everyone with empathy, humility, and curiosity. Please keep arrogance and judgment far from my heart and lips. Teach me to focus on similarities and find ways to respect differences. Lord, I want to practice this kindness and grace in the world, but I need your help. Empower me to abide in your ways and so that all your love flows through me. Amen.
1: Into marvelous light, I'm running out of darkness, out of shame. Through the cross, you are the truth, you are the life, you are the way. I once was fatherless, a stranger with. Kindness awaken me, awaken me from my sleep Your love it beckons deeply A call to come and die By grace now I will come and Take this life, take your life Sin has lost its power Death has lost its sting. From the grave you've risen, victoriously, into marvelous light I'm running, out of darkness, out of shame, through the cross you are the truth, you are the life, you are the stains now Your breath fills up my lungs Now I'm free, now I'm free My dead heart now is beating My deepest stains now me. Your breath fills up my lungs Now I'm free, now I'm free Sin has lost its power Death has lost its state From the grave you've risen Victoriously Into marvelous light I'm running Out of darkness, out of shame Through the cross you are the truth You are the life, you are the way Into marvelous light I'm running out of darkness, out of shame, through the cross you are the truth, you are the life. you are the way. of every song we could ever sing, worthy of all the praise we could ever breathe, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, Jesus, in name above every other name. Jesus, the only one you could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever bring. We live for you. We live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me. Who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you Jesus the name above every other name, Jesus the only one who could ever sing, worthy of every breath could ever bring. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes. You. Open up my eyes and wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me. If you love me, though. I see your face in every sunrise, the colors of the morning are inside your eyes. The world awakens in the light of the day, I look up to the sky and say, you're beautiful. I see your power in the moonlit night, where planets are emotions and galaxies are bright. We are amazed in the light of the stars, it's all proclaiming who you are, your beautiful. tree. You bled and then you died and then you rose again for me. Now you are sitting on your heavenly throne. Oh, soon we will be coming home. Your beautiful. Just a memory And tears are no more We will enter And the wedding bells ring Your bride will come together And we'll sing You're beautiful I see your face You're beautiful You're beautiful You're beautiful I see your face You're beautiful You're beautiful You're beautiful I see your face I see your face I see your face, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. Let's just take a moment. Really think about that. Just say he's beautiful. I think there's so much going on in our lives—much fear, anxiety, depression.
0: When we take all that
1: away, we just
2: look at him and just say he's beautiful, and all this seems to fade away. So let's just take a moment. Just, however you do that, just look and say you're beautiful. (laughs)
1: Oh, <laughs> Savior, Savior, thy strength in me this small child of weakness, watch and pray, find me, thy all, all. Jesus paid it all, all to him my own, sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as dark. Oh now indeed I find Thy power and Thy alone can change the leper's spot and held the heart Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. It had left the crimson sticky why stood and when before the throne I stand. Jesus died, my soul to save. My lips shall bend. as Jesus paid it all. i <laughs> Sin had left a crimson state. He washed it white. white.
3: Good morning, church. Our scripture reading this morning is First, First Peter three. 13 through 50. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Would you pray with me? Holy, heavenly, gracious Father, we honor you with our worship and our praise, of which you are so worthy. Our hope is found in Christ alone. You are our fortress and our God, and we are yours. Pour into us, we pray, through the Holy Spirit, all that we need to live according to your will and the desire to do it. We confess, Lord, that we struggle with living in this world but you, God, placed us here to do just that, and we rely on you to guide us by your word. You did not call us to perfection, but perseverance. Give us the desire afresh to absorb your word so it can perform in us as you intend. We ask that you encourage those who have been so long ill and impart healing to them, specifically Ann and Pam, we ask for comfort for those who are mourning, the Heidsmans, the Morgans, and the Bronze. We celebrate your goodness, faithfulness, kindness, and graciousness to us. May we do the same to all those we encounter. Bless Pastor Mark and Shelley as they serve us with good health and well-being. In the holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ we ask. Amen.
2: Something. <laughs> Have you ever seen something uh, you're watching or, or, or you're driving past or whatever, and, and you just said, you know, that ain't right. Uh, and I'm not talking about the NFL officials this year, okay? But you know, maybe you've been driving by or you read something, you saw something on the news, and you said, that ain't right. But you know what? It's so big. Ain't nothing I can really do about it. Either. But you know what? Maybe you could, maybe you could do something about it. Uh, one of the film series my wife likes is Jurassic World. It, it's the dinosaur one, okay. Well, In this movie, there's a scene where we see one of the main characters, his name is Owen, uh, helping out a young man who desperately, desperately needs help. <laughs> They're never gonna trust me again. Lou, stand down. Stand down. Hey, hey!
3: What did I just say? Bell's up. I see you. Back up. Okay. Good. Good. Darling.
2: Stay right there. Good. Close the gate. Are you crazy?
1: Close the gate.
2: It <laughs> 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 sounds like we fucked your teenager. Anyway, stay. When we help someone out or or, or some situation out, we also have to put ourselves at risk to do so. I think that's where we find Nehemiah today. Just a reminder we're looking at the book of Nehemiah, one of the historical books of the Old Testament. You find it right after the books of Kings and Chronicles in the Old Testament. Uh, Kings and Chronicles, they record the history of the nation of Israel, starting with uh, King David. In 1 Kings, and ending with the proclamation of a Persian king at the end of Chronicles. It's in 2 Chronicles 36. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and has appointed me to build a temple to him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of this, any of his people among you may go up, and may the Lord their God be with them. A side note to those of you who are history geeks. In 1879, they were doing an excavation around the city of Babylon. And when they were excavating, they found these clay pieces. And when they fit them back together, they make a cylinder. It's baked clay. And in that cylinder, it's called, uh, the name in cuneiform is written out, Persian King Cyrus the Great. This cylinder has been known as the the Cyrus Cylinder since Discovery. It's currently in the British Museum. Anyways, <coughs> it dates from about the 6th century B.C. Near the end of the recount on this cylinder, it says that he allowed all the foreign people who were exiled to Babylon to return to their original cities and to build sanctuaries to their gods. Now it appears that the purpose of this was to, was to spread the word on how great a guy this, this King Cyrus is. He must be a really good guy. There are some political things in there, of course. But it generally agrees with, well, what was here at the end of 2 Chronicles and what's in Ezra chapter 1. And that's your geek history moment for the morning. Back to Nehemiah. Last week we talked about Nehemiah in prayer. uh, That he went to God first. He always went to God first with his heart and sought God's direction. And and the points of chapter 1 are something like this. First, seek out God in prayer and about your feelings. Nehemiah goes to God first. He goes to God in pain. He goes to God not with some plan, not with some grand idea. He simply goes hurting. He goes hurting. He goes in despair. He goes in anxiety. He doesn't appear Nehemiah or anything seeking God and to be in God's comfort. The second, he's waiting you need to learn to pray first and then wait on God's answer. When we experience times of trials and hardship, we want it over with. We want the answer to yes. We have to patiently. We patiently wait on the God and waiting on Him. Just because you don't see immediate results in your prayer doesn't mean that God isn't. Third, Nehemiah confesses. Nehemiah is acknowledging that man is not the chief of God. He, he confesses his sin and his people's sin. He confesses all of that. And in case you think confession is a form of punishment, it's rather restoring a right relationship. The The word, the Greek word there, is a term that means to speak and the same. Two speaking and the same to God. We're, we're admitting, hey, God, same as God. And with that comes restored relationship. It's not a bad thing. It's not meant to be a, a a whip that you whip yourself with, but rather admission and agreeing with God and restoring that relationship between the two of you. Third, oh, I'm sorry, fourth, while in prayer, take time to praise and worship. When we find our hearts troubled and our circumstances dark, you must remember how great and how amazing God is. His faithfulness and loving kindness towards us. We have to remember it. It's easy in the dark to lose that. But remember, it. God's loyal love for us is steadfast. That means it doesn't fluctuate. It's not, yay, one day, I'm really proud of you, Mark, and tomorrow, well, not so much, Mark. It's steady. It doesn't fluctuate. And remember God's character. Nehemiah recalled God's promises. Whenever we go through affliction, whenever we go through those stressful events of life, those seasons of hurt, we need to stand in hope upon the foundations of God's truth. Chapter 2. Nehemiah started out in prayer for Jerusalem, right? He, he wanted his hometown built back up. Who wouldn't? Nehemiah decided to take a risk and engage art Artaxerxes about the conditions of Jerusalem. Nehemiah did not only fast, pray, and mourn for Jerusalem, but he also decided to be part of God's answer. I have a plan to rebuild and restore the city. I think that's something we need to look at for a minute. When we pray for something, when you pray for something, something you desire, are we just passive observers in that, or, or are our prayers, by our prayers, are we inserting ourselves into being part of the solution? Is prayer for you simply going through the motions of doing or saying the right thing because, hey, you think it's expected of you to do it, or to, to say those particular words, or are you willing to participate? in that prayer. When I sit down to eat, I, as is a custom, I, I give thanks. Now, I don't always speak it aloud, I may simply just bow my head, but I'm not going to tell you that every time I bow my head, do I really visualize the person who prepared that meal for me and thank God for their effort on my behalf. Not always do I stop and, and reflect on God's goodness to me and my family and the situations that we're here eating. Sometimes I simply bow my head because it's what you're supposed to do. Because it's what's expected of me, especially. When we pray for an end to violence, for justice, for peace, are we merely saying what we should be saying? Or are you going to be willing to participate to see that that event comes into being? When you pray for a loved one, Maybe for reconciliation or, 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 or an end to an addiction or for them coming into right relationship with God. Are you merely saying what you should be saying? Or are you going to be willing to be a participant to see it actually happen? Nehemiah could have, could have simply prayed for what should have, right? He should have prayed for the peace of his hometown. He could have just prayed for the safety of the people there, restoring the honor of God among the nations right it, it's what any Israelite should have been praying for but Nehemiah was willing to participate to see it happen in, in Nehemiah in that chapter one prayer most of the most of the chapter is prayer I'm not going to read the whole thing uh, he, he prays Lord the God of heaven the great awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with his people his commandments let your ear be attentive I confess the sins remember the instructions you gave your servant Moses. uh, They are your servants. I'm just skipping through. Um, All of it is pretty much what he should have said. All of it is pretty much, you know, up here. But the last sentence of his prayer is, give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Nehemiah had a broken heart for his people. but in his hometown. And that broken heart led him to an open heart to what God had in his mind and in store. And when that happened, God laid on his heart what needed to occur. In your prayers, are you willing to participate in seeing it happen? Or or are you more content to and, and willing to settle only for doing, saying what you should? In Ephesians 2, Paul says, for it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this not from yourselves, it's a gift from God. So not by work, so that none can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God had placed Nehemiah in this position, cupbearer to the most powerful person in the world, not by anything Nehemiah had done, but by God's grace, so that he could do this good work. Nehemiah used his influence with Artaxerxes, the king of Persia at that time, to speak what God had laid there. In the month of Nisan, again, not the car company, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought to him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of the heart. Ever had a bad day? Ever had some bad news come on you unexpectedly? When your spouse, when your kids, when your mom, when your dad, when your coworkers see you, they say, What's wrong? It's not that you wore a sign. Bad news today. It's not that you did anything like that. It's just you're wearing it on your face. But they notice it because they know you. A total stranger walks by and they may not notice it at all. But these people noticed it because they know you. By the fact that they said something, it also says they care about you. They want to share your burden. What's wrong? Let me share this. Let me help you with this. They're putting themselves in that place of risk. The king did this same thing. Nehemiah must have had a positive impression on the king, so much so that the king noticed that Nehemiah was sad. Quick word on that. It, at that time, you were not allowed in the king's presence. Now, to, to normally say that you were sad or that there was terrible things going on, you, there was a custom called sackcloth and ashes. You'd put ashes on you, you'd wear sackcloth, you'd tear your robes, whatever else. You were not allowed in the king's presence like that. That would get you arrested or worse. You were not allowed in there. And here's the cupbearer. He comes in. He's not supposed to be unhappy in the king's presence. You're not allowed to be in mourning in the royal presence. I don't know if the guy had a delicate temperament or what, but it was just the custom. You weren't allowed to. Just being this way gets you tossed out on your ear, maybe gets you in jail, maybe worse. Knowing this, I'm sure Nehemiah did his best to. Put on a happy face, right? He probably tried hard, but because it was so bad in his heart, he wore it on his face, in his eyes. He wore it. And so when the king asked him about it, what did he do? I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins? And its gates have been destroyed in fire. He starts right out. He was afraid. He was potentially looking at arrest. Prison. Death. But he knew this was not just, I hope this is what God wants me to do. No, he knew in his heart, this is what God had laid upon him to do. And so even though afraid, he spoke up. When we're in God's will, we are not told that, that we will have no testing. We are not told that everything's going to go fine. Just go forth in bold confidence, Mark. You don't have to be afraid of nothing. We're not told that. We have signs and posters up all over the place, right? That says, Go forth, fear not. It's from Isaiah 31. You are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. That fear not thing. Right? When you tell someone to fear not, I have eight grandkids. My wife and I raised three kids. So the parent or a grandparent, when I say to them, I'm here, don't be afraid. I say that after they're afraid. <laughs> I don't tell them it beforehand, right? You usually wait. Don't be afraid. I say it to calm them, to reassure them. Not that the event was over, not that the circumstances would disappear, but rather to strengthen them in the face of it. God speaking to Isaiah speaking to the fear the people will have. Nehemiah is afraid. But because he, he has God's backing, he can walk through this fear, through this valley of the shadow through his time spent with God, he's not only able to speak despite his fear, but speaks passionately. Speaks from a conviction. Not from the place of, I should say this because it's the right thing to do, but rather from his heart. And people can tell. People can tell if you're speaking from your passion, from, from your heart, or from that place of, well, I should be saying this, right? Only from your passion, your real Honest passion from your heart. Not, not, not that fake stuff that we hear all the time, right? But real, honest passion from your heart. Do people really listen to you? The depth of your conviction carries great weight. Nehemiah held a place of influence with the king. Now, you and I may never be summoned to a king's palace to the White House to speak in Congress, probably not even the governor's mansion, but we are in the presence of people we have influence with every day, our friends, our co-workers, our family members, our neighbors. We've prayed for them. And then God gives you an opportunity to participate in that prayer that you've been praying. What do you do when that opportunity We're scared. I get it. I get it. I've been there. But when we are not just praying out of, oh, I should be praying for my neighbor. But we move into that, and Lord, I'm willing to help out with that. I'm willing to participate with that. Our fears can get swallowed up in our real passion of the circumstance. We gain courage to use our influence to participate with God in his plan. The king, hearing Nehemiah, says, Well, what does he want from me? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah, where my ancestors are buried, so that I can rebuild it. One commentator I was reading on this passage says, Nehemiah addresses the king of kings before responding to the earthly king, perhaps Nehemiah quickly thought of Proverbs 21 1. The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it where he will. As we seek to be God's instruments of change within our world, we need to constantly pray before stepping out. As we step out, after we step out, our lack of prayer often signifies our reliance upon ourselves rather than upon God. Our strength is not what brings about the kingdom of God. It is God's power flowing through us as we pray and step out in faith and obedience. It's not our power, it's not our strength that brings about the workings of the kingdom of God. We may use our influence, our relationships to and with others that allows us to bring God's power, bring God's strength, bring God's wisdom, into the situation. But it's not our power. When we step out for God to bring about the change and then experience a small victory, don't just settle. Don't just settle and quit as if the work is done. Rather, we need to continue to press on and pursue even greater opportunities to bring real and lasting impact. That's why after the king is asked, what is it you want? He says this. The king then ask and says in the presence of the queen, "How long are you going to be gone for?" And he tells him a time. But then he says, "Oh, king, <laughs> there's a little bit more here. You know, uh, we're going to we're going to rebuild the wall. That's going to take wood. You know, the king the king had royal uh, forests that were tended, and only the king or by his order could those trees be felled to use for well things like gates that had been burnt down." Or city wall structures to be held up in place while they built the wall. Up. So, King, I I, I could use a, a letter from you saying I could have wood. Oh, and by the way, could I also have letters of safe passage? I'm going to be going from here to there, and there's a lot of places along the way that, uh, well, aren't really friendly to this idea. Could I have a letter from you granting me safe passage through there so that when I go see these governors, they'll maybe provide an escort for me to get through there safely? He didn't just stop with that small victory. Go ahead, go. It takes resources to do some of that stuff. So great king is I to have those resources and make that happen. Nehemiah didn't settle for the small victory of send me and I'll rebuild it. He knew it was more than just himself. Just himself being present that was going to make it be rebuilt. There were other things that were necessary. He brought that lasting impact, a true, real impact Nehemiah had. And at the end in Nehemiah 2.8, we read, And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. The reason the king consented to all the requests of Nehemiah was not because Nehemiah was some great persuasive speaker. Or doing an emotional appeal or because the king was having a good day. Hey, I'm feeling good today. We'll do whatever you need. The king granted a good request because God's goodness and favor were upon me and mine. You and I pray and courageously step out to rebuild and restore God's original purpose in this dark and hurting world. As we pray for and seek to use our influence with family members, friends, co-workers, neighbors, for folks we may never even meet but who are hurting and suffering in this fallen world, we will only succeed if God's good and gracious hand is upon us. It's not by our strength, it's by his. So seek, have an open heart to what God has in store for you. You know, as we wrap up our time, uh, as was mentioned, thank you for doing that, uh, Carrie. Uh, we have folks who have lost people. I know all of us have had suffered loss of some degree over these past this past year especially. I'd like us to stop and pray for a moment. For those who are hurting. Maybe friends close to you. And maybe even ask God I just don't want to say the right word. Help me to participate in that healing and what's going on. So if you don't mind, Father God thank you. Thank you for your presence with us. Thank you for your word spoken to us through Nehemiah. Father all of us have things on our hearts and, and know of circumstances and folks that are, well, that we just don't want to say the right words for and about, but we want to be active participants in seeing it come about. So, Father, uh, I lift up Luke's family with his dad's passing and, and his mom not that uh, long before. So, Ed and Dolores Heitzman, thank you for their life. Thank you for their actions. Thank you for who they are in you. And I use the present tense just because it's someone's past. It doesn't mean they're gone. into they're with you. To be absent from the body is present with the Lord. So, Father, thank you for who they are. But the family that is left hurts. They miss. And so, Father, we pray for Luke and his family. Open up our eyes and hearts to what we can do there. Father, I, I pray for Lyle, Morgan, and his family. Recently lost his dad, and a month or so ago his mom, or I'm sorry, a month or so ago his dad and recently mom. So Father, we lift up Lyle to you. Thank you for the life of Howard and Ruth. Thank you for their, for well, speaking those things that are important into their life, and they spoke it to others. So Father, thank you for them. Open our hearts to Lyle, to Mor- Lyle Morgan and the family, and to Carl, Carla, the bronze family, as they mourn the loss of Carl's wife, Carla Jean, a good and faithful woman. We take solace in knowing that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But Father, that many years together still leaves a hurt. the Father, we just of Carl and their family to you. We ask for your hand to rest upon them, for your peace to be them, for memories to flood their minds, a good and happy day. Not that that makes the pain go away, but it reminds us of a life well-lived, a life well-loved. So, Father, open our hearts to what we can be and do for them. Each of us know, folks. Each of us has had things happen. And, Father, we listen to you. We don't just want to say the right words. We want to be the right people. Being the right people means helping out It'll put us at risk. It'll put us in harm's way. It means carrying the burden alongside of. But that's what you call us to do. So we lift up our friends. We lift up our neighbors. We lift up those hurting. And Father, lay upon our hearts what we need to do.
1: Why did you? Did you He became sin Who knew no sin That we might become His righteousness Humble himself and carry the cross. Love so amazing, love so amazing. Jesus, Messiah, name above all things, and redeem. Emmanuel, the rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven, Jesus Messiah. Love so amazing, love so amazing, Jesus Messiah, name above all names, blessed Redeemer. for sinners ransomed from heaven Jesus Messiah Lord of all All our hope is in you All our hope is in you All the glory God, the light of the world All our hope is in You All our hope is in You All the glory to You God, the light of the world Jesus Messiah Name above all things, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven, Jesus Messiah, Lord of all. Jesus, Messiah, Lord of all, Lord of all, He's the Lord of
2: all. Thank you, man. 1 Peter 3, I know you read it earlier, but it's so appropriate for our Benedictine. Well, going to harm you if you're eager to do good. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you're blessed. Don't fear their threats. Don't be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. Have a good one.